Okay, before we jump into another episode of RHOD&D, we wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash housewivesofdnd. We're an entirely independently run show, and we quite literally couldn't do it without your support, so thank you for joining our Patreon and helping us continue to make new episodes of RHOD&D. If you haven't checked it out yet, head on over to patreon.com slash housewivesofdnd for access to our player character sheets, DM notes and confessionals, video versions of our episodes, our full-length behind-the-scenes podcast released every other Monday on our off weeks, live events, merch drops, the chance to name an NPC, and so much more. Patreon.com slash Housewives of D&D. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. RHODND is a sexy, terrifying, savage podcast for mature audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode notes along with links to all of our maps, transcripts, and ancillary content. Last week on RHODND, poor Dr. C fell through the trees to a web with a glowing egg sack. A golden doodle sized spider came up beside her and wrapped her like a burrito snack. Then Anya proved the road to nearly murdering your friends is paved with good intentions when she attempted to help Dr. C, but instead doused her with water and almost killed her with a misguided guiding bolt before finally killing one of the spiders instead. Thankfully, Sasha was there to take down the other spider, proving herself the real MVP of the battle with some truly epic moves, thanks to her crossbow and the most magical word of all, Prada. Then there was Brina, who tried to convince everyone to play some loots, and then took an impressive invisible leap onto a spider's back with her rapier, and missed. But Brina did manage to tie a strong knot, eventually anyway, to give the group a way to escape the spider's lair. Third time's the charm, Brina. Meanwhile, up ahead and still in search of women pow, Cass had a mini meltdown when none of her friends would answer her calls, and she started demanding to speak to producers. But once again, the only response she got was from those bees, who couldn't tell her much about what lies ahead, but did help her find Kiki. Rocking some new fingernails and her trusty fur coat, Kiki sang her way through Avril Lavigne's repertoire as she took the lead and headed bravely into the freezing clouds. Now that Cass is caught up, Kiki's ready for a fun adventure, if they can stay on the path. What will happen to Cass and Kiki in the clouds? Will Anya, Dr. C, and Sasha decide they're better off as a trio? And is Brina coming closer to finding her missing mom? 
Find out this week on RHO D&D. We're going to start with Cass and Kiki, who are just meeting up at the same place on the mountain that Kiki was at. Kiki! Oh, oh my gosh, Kiki. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's going on? <laughs> Hi. Oh, you know, not much. Wow. Your fingernails look great. Kosha, Kiki notices as well that Cass seems about 11 years younger. She starts to all of a sudden feel really defensive and she reaches for her bow and she crouches down ready to attack children that come near her. She looks 38. Oh, she looks 38. Oh, I thought she looked 16. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Perfect. Okay. So Kiki sees Kat Kassan, who looks 38, and she is like, hey, girl. Oh, my God. Kassan, I never realized, like, how young and inexperienced you were. This is a great opportunity, I think, for me to embark on a mentorship with you and just giving you my wisdom. And I think, you know, first, like, before I get to hear, like, what your goals are, I want to know, like, what are you thinking about the transition of Miley Cyrus's career? So as Kiki's saying this, Cass, like, pretty quickly just tuned her out and is just um, going, mm-hmm, yes, yes. And, like, just putting an arm into the coat. Just, like, just starting to put it on. Not take it away from Kiki, but just wear it with Kiki because she's yeah. cold as fuck. Yes, so you notice as you're doing so that it feels, like, actually a little colder than zero degrees now. Now it's, like, around negative five degrees. And because of that, you'll have to roll a constitution saving throw again. But this time you get advantage for being half in the coat. Okay, with advantage, that is an 11. Nice. You're still like shivering in the front, but like your arm is pretty warm. And so... Yeah, Kiki, that's uh, so kind of you to offer your wisdom and (laughs) guidance uh (laughs) you know what's fun is wearing the same coat with two people (laughs) oh my god i've never done that before is that like a thing they do in um you know wherever your people come from (laughs) (laughs) yes and kiki is like omg i love feeling cultured and then secretly she's like Ew, I hope Cassan doesn't think this is a sexual thing. <laughs> As you guys are, are you guys walking forward up the path? Y- yeah, let's, we're going to start doing that walk where like you each do like the same leg at the same time. <laughs> You'll probably have to roll for that. See how successful that is. Roll for that walk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, both roll 1d4. And if you get the same number, it's in tandem. <laughs> Three. Four. Almost. It's close. Mm. One of one of your feet is, is synced, but the middle one is not. It's awkward, but we're doing it. <laughs> it's awkward, but we're doing it. <laughs> See, isn't this fun? Isn't this so much fun? <laughs> so now, as you guys approach the blizzard, obviously, it's, it's getting pretty hairy out there. I'm going to need you to roll another constitution saving throw because it now it feels like negative 10 degrees, Cassandra. Oh, no. 19. I mean, it's, it must be that body heat from Kiki because it's like Kiki's really warm. Kiki's very warm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's all that meat that she eats, I think. You look up at her face and it seems like she's sweating. Oh, Kiki, are you feeling hot? Because I can just wear the f- all the whole coat <laughs> if you want to take a, a breather. Um, 
Sorry, could you repeat your question, Kazan? I was thinking about my Elise Iris. <laughs> it, <laughs> sure. Uh, I noticed that you seem to be a bit sweaty. Uh, so I thought perhaps I would offer, out of the kindness of my heart, to wear the whole fur coat. Kiki starts to feel a little spacey and just like tunes Kasan out. And she just kind of slinks under the jacket and just starts walking faster. Cause she is like really annoyed at this point. Yeah. And she is really wants to get to the top of this mountain. Okay, so Cassandra gets the whole jacket. And, she, and it's just kind of like, there's always gonna be an uphill battle. There's always gonna wanna make you move. Okay. Pass, are you following Kiki? <laughs> yeah, I'm following Kiki, but I'm I'm very much enjoying wearing this for this whole coat. Could you both roll another survival check? Now that you're in the blizzard, it's getting pretty hard to see. I'm at a two. Oh, 13. Gosh. The blizzard at this point is, it's so strong and the snow is just swirling around you that even with what would have been a decently good roll before you got into the depth of this blizzard, it's now just like white everywhere you look. And it's really hard to tell what's left, what's right, what's up, what's down. And you lose the path. Both of you, unfortunately, completely lose the path and stumble directionless through the cold and the snow. And then suddenly through those swirling clouds of snow, you see this dark opening ahead of you. <gasps> and it just appears. And it seems like it, it might be something like a cave offering you respite from the raging storm. <gasps> okay. Uh, Cass can see Kiki up ahead just still singing. And as much as she's mostly concerned about herself, she also doesn't want to like have to watch Kiki die in a blizzard. So she's, Kiki, there's a ca- there's a cave. Kiki! Kiki is like, Kiki! my best friend Leslie says she's just being my lady. And then she starts to like slowly make her way to this cave. Cool. <laughs> All right. You, you both stumble forward and the entrance to the cave opens into what seems to be a large tunnel. And you step inside and instantly you notice how quiet it is. Suddenly it's it's almost like a church-like silence after the thunderous wind outside. <sighs> and the, the wind has stopped buffeting you. You feel actually kind of safe and secure in this moment. And behind you, the storm is just growing louder and louder and louder outside. So it's, it's lucky that you found this when you did. Cass is exhausted and a little bit at her wit's end and has been at her wit's end for quite a while, but the blizzard really pushed her right over. And at this point, she's like, you know what? All bets are off. She grabs Kiki and she's like, listen to me. No, no, stop singing and listen to me. <laughs> We're on a reality television program. The producers <laughs> won't listen to anything that I'm saying. But at this point, I'm pretty sure we are getting the best episode. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> um, holy shit. This sounds so serious. I'm hearing you. I'm loving this energy. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm so happy for you. Oh, great. Thank you. I'm so happy for both of us because we're both on this show. Here are my thoughts. I'm just going to come out and say that I imagined myself coming to this point with Christina one step behind me, um, but it appears to be you instead. That's fine. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> At the end of each season, they really try and set up who's going to be the most important for the next season. And this is our opportunity to make sure that that's us. Christina is dead to me. I want it to be you and me, Kiki. You and me. Oh, <gasps> Um, Kiki is really unsure of what to do right now because Kassan sounds crazy as fuck. 
Can I try? Can she do it? Can I persuade her? For sure. Twenty-four. Oh my god. Kiki is like, okay, hold up. Maybe this makes sense. Like, I always have wanted to follow in the footsteps of Kim Kardashian, and maybe this is my opportunity, and then I could launch my own brand and become a billionaire. And so Kiki is like, okay, Kassan, well played. What's the move here? <laughs> the move here seems to be that production is throwing some real bullshit at us. And they're probably thinking that they're going to just break us down. And that we'll just, we'll just give up. But we're not going to do that. Okay, cool. But, like, where is production? I mean, they're always uh, near... I don't see craft services anywhere. Is this like a survivor situation? <laughs> mm, I don't know. There have been a lot of like strategically placed extras popping up from time to time. So I feel like <laughs> it's got to be a little bit more produced than that. Okay. Okay. So as cast starts breaking it down to Kiki in detail, we're going to go check in with our fog party. All right, so you all have just survived this spider battle that almost claimed Dr. C's life. And Brina finally successfully tied that knot to allow you all to climb out of the spider's lair and back up onto the mountain path on the far side of the bridge. So you've you've made it that far and have continued on your way. So now you're on the path that's leading up towards the little campsite that Cass had spent some time at. So you're on your way there. I have a very serious question, Sasha. Um, right. I, I feel like, um, you know, when you spend a lot of time with people, you start kind of um, becoming more like them. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pumped. I feel like that battle, <laughs> I've never been part of a battle. I just, I want to be part of more battles or maybe not, but I, I just feel really happy that we're all here together. And I want to know what each and every one of you's favorite thing to do is so that maybe I can start doing it too. Brina, I'm so very happy Aww. that you asked. Botox, Juvederm, facial threads. You know, I like to consider myself a family-oriented person. You know, I'm very in love with my husband, Frederick, and I'm so proud of my children, Sophie, Pansy, and Gregor. I'm completely kidding. I couldn't be happier to be away from all of them. I really enjoy being with my my girlfriends and being able to pal around, you know? I think friendship is the key to life. Don't you, Brina? Yes. I think family helps, but yeah. a break, I get it. That's why I left, you know? So you do, oh. do you consider yourself a very loyal friend, Brina? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would do anything for you. You guys helped protect me from the spider that I jumped on, and you killed it. So I would do anything for you. Oh, that's good, because, you know, there are certain people in this group that we thought were very good friends of ours who seem to um take flight and just abandon us in a moment of need. So it's very good to have friends that are loyal. Dr. C's been listening in, and Sasha's speech about family and just being free, Dr. C can't believe it, but she's agreeing with Sasha. Hmm. And she misses Christian, but does she miss Christian? Maybe she misses Christian the Vulture more. <laughs> oh, At least shit. he shows up and is doing something for her. <laughs> oh, shit. Whoa. And where is Cass? She just up and ran. She's got to reevaluate some stuff. And so she turns to Sasha and she says, 
Yeah, I think, uh, Brina, you should listen to Sasha. But honestly, it's all about the injectables at this point, if you really want to continue <laughs> to look like this. That's also true. Look into Juvederm. Write that down, darling. Are you writing that down? I don't have a paper. Very good. Come to my clinic. We'll get you set up. It's going to be great. Yes. Okay. And facial threading? Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you need it, darling, but just a little bit of Botox here and there. You know, just preventative measure, really, darling. Start now. So these are potions? Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, darling. They're potions where, uh, from our kingdom. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so spending time with friends... Um, getting away from your family. I'm already doing that. Very good. I gotta do the potions <laughs> in, the, in the facial uh, areas. Mm -hmm. And um, the thread, I do have twine, so I could get started with that. Oh, uh, and how about you? <laughs> how about you, Anya? Wait, ladies, are you telling her to get facial treatments? She is but a girl. Preventative, darling. You can never start too early. It's self-care. If I had started early, you wouldn't even know me. I would look like Cass. Darling, I haven't smiled since 1986. Look at this. But, ladies, do we think that Kiki and Cass were eaten by spiders? Darling, I think they are the spiders, if you know what I mean. Oh, that was sick burn, but like... Darling, if we may harken back to a moment in time, do you remember uh, something scribbled upon a piece of wood that said, don't trust C. Well, I think that we've mm. come to terms with the fact that it's not a certain doctor that is in our midst, but perhaps a certain see you next Tuesday <laughs> that has left us behind. I am just wondering, like, are they super dead? Can't you talk to your elders and find out or your... My ancestors? Yeah, that's what I said. I can try. Hold on. No, they, they're not answering now. Oh, all right. I don't think you really tried, but okay. Perhaps, Anya, <laughs> take this into consideration. Perhaps they are just dead to us now. Oh, this, that remains the same for me. I mean, Kiki did try to kill my special boy, and Cassie's a terrible garbage person. Oh, there it is. Oh, see, feel your feelings, darling. How did that feel to let that out? Really good. Really, really <laughs> good, darling. Yeah. Very good. And yeah. Dr. C, how do you really feel about all of it? Uh, Dr. C then turns to them and goes, I'm really tired. I mean, I know I got a lot of sleep in that burrito <laughs> cocoon thing, but... I would really love an actual rest. Does anyone else? You're right. Mm. We should really rest up and get our health up for the morning. I'm just saying. That would be a very good idea. Well, as you continue up the path in the distance a little ways ahead of you, you see what looks like the remains of a campfire that someone made and then didn't snuff out. Oh. It's very dangerous. They're alive. That is textbook Kiki. She never take care of anything. Mm, irresponsible. It's impossible to say who started that fire, but there is a little <laughs> bit of a fire there. And as you see um, the fire, you start to see that it, behind it, there is a little indentation in the mountainsides that, you know, a little protected from the wind. It's getting cold. It's really dark. It's late. So, yeah. You've now found that same campsite, and you're welcome to take a break here and take a sleep if you'd like to. Well, perhaps we should stop at this campsite that someone has so irresponsibly <laughs> left this fire going. First, perhaps we should check and make sure that there's no shady business happening around here. Yes. Should we investigate? Roll to investigate? Yeah. Cool. Investigation. Investigation. 16. 19. And 16 is 
well. Look at all of us. So you look around the campsite, you see that leftover fire, and oh, there it is. it's looking cozier and cozier to you, despite the elements. But you do hear in the distance a really dark rumbling. Ooh. And if you look up towards the clouds, you see a big part of the mountain fall down. But it's far away from you guys. You guys are not in harm's way. Okay, because I was like, avalanche, we're fucked. <laughs> I, I can't survive that. Like, <laughs> Rena's knots or no, like, we all dead. I don't think you guys so- should be afraid. Rocks are my jam. We pray to rock gods. You know, it's it's natural for, for rocks to move. So <laughs> I don't think it's, I think it's okay. And by the way, um, I know what you mean about uh, garbage people. We used to have a bad garbage person in our town, too, and they left all of the scraps of the onions and carrots, and they were rotting like in the street. They weren't doing their job. And so I agree, bad garbage people should not be kept around. And I, I think that it's you know wise to not just let those kinds of things slide. You know, everyone has to do their part. Rina, if you want to be featured more heavily, we really have to work on your trash-talking skills. <laughs> okay. I personally um, thought that oh. was perfect description. Yes, Cass is just like rotting carrots and onion pile. Oh, good one, Anya. Well. By the way, you see this indentation in the rocks? I think my ancestors made them. That's very nice. Oh, well, I feel safer already. And as Sasha pulls her bedroll around her and snuggles up to this fire that has been left here for God knows how long, she looks up at Brina and with a big yawn says, Brina, remember this as well. Only you can prevent forest fires. And with that, she falls asleep. <laughs> Misha, how long were you sitting on that one? From yeah. the moment we saw the fire, darling. From the moment we saw the fire. Uh, God bless you. Dr. C looks at Sasha and takes out her bedroll and kind of snuggles up weirdly next to Sasha for body heat. Spoons! And then also looks at Brina and is like, come on, Brina, let's all snuggle up. I would be honored to snuggle with you guys. And with that, we're going to go check on uh, Kiki and Cass, who I I assume Cass is still trying to explain to Kiki all of her ideas. Yeah, Cass has been explaining, like, the concept of television, um, (laughs) reality versus scripted, like, where a narrative comes in. Because I feel like this is, it's more than just the reality show that we're used to being on. You know, there's an elevated aspect. It feels like Game of Thrones. It's a new frontier. And, like, as she hears herself speaking, she's like... God, I should really be a television producer. I'm so good at this. Oh my gosh, I love where you're at with that. I'm totally on the same page. And she starts like reaching around for her bag, her little cockroach bag. And she starts like hunting for some beef jerky. She has, I think, just the one piece left. She does. Yeah. She turns to Cassandra and she's like, so Cassandra, if we're on a reality TV show right now and I run out of beef jerky, does that mean they'll bring me more? So, I don't know if you remember um, attending my most recent empowerment retreat, but we had a whole yurt dedicated to manifesting your wildest dreams. And if your wildest dream is more beef jerky and you manifest that strong enough, yeah, the universe or producers 
will respond. <laughs> the rumble in Kiki's stomach comes again. But this time it grows louder and you realize that actually it's not just her stomach that's rumbling. There's a rumbling all around you. And the rumble is getting so loud that the walls and the floor of the cave are starting to tremble. And then from outside, you hear it growing ever louder. And you look and turn to the cave entrance just in time to see a shower of rock and snow tumble down and block off that entrance completely, plunging you into semi-darkness inside this cave now. You'd had a little bit of like light from outside, but now it's pretty dim. And it looks like it's going to be pretty hard to get back out that way. Okay. Plot twist. Okay, this is interesting. So... Cass, as you're looking around in disbelief, you notice that the roof of the cave is far above your head and the walls are made of solid rock. And along the walls, you see what looks like some kind of markings. And ahead of you, a tunnel leads into the darkness beyond. Kiki, would you like, perhaps, in this dire situation, to go investigate with me? Um, I'm totally down to maybe investigate, but I just want to point out one thing that I've learned from some women house seminars in the past is you're coming across as a little needy right now and i just want you to find your own form of empowerment and maybe pull back a little bit cass uh that's um cass has never had anybody tell her to her face before that she's feeling needy uh she's usually the other it's usually the other way around And while she normally would say something devastating to Kiki, she's just feeling too many things at once. And she just starts crying. Just, it all just comes, it's too much. And it just, she just has a total meltdown and just starts sobbing on the floor of the cave. Oh my God. Kiki is so enraged by this weak behavior. She she, she launches back and just gives Kassan just like a crazy slap in the face. A strength check, please. Okay, so 16. Oh, wow. So she just gives Kassan a bitch slap. And then she is like, Kassan, pull your shit together. I do not like doing this. This is very against my morals, but I will do it this one time if you never speak of it again. And then... She t- reaches into Cassan's pocket, who's wearing the fucking fur coat. She pulls out a tiny, tiny, tiny gold nugget and then breaks <gasps> off a centimeter of beef jerky and she gives it to Cassan. Oh. Wow. Cassandra is very confused. <laughs> this young woman just made fun of her and then slapped her in the face and has now given her a very tiny piece of gold and meat. (laughs) She looks at Kiki, her hands trembling because she feels as though she should slap her back. But all this time, she's sort of like written Kiki off as just being like she's singing her songs. She's like shooting children. (laughs) But in this moment... She's done so many confusing things in almost the right order that Cassandra is just, like, taken aback and impressed. And she just takes the small piece of beef jerky and starts eating it and just says, thank you. And Kiki's like, 
Kiki wants to look around because the mm-hmm. cave is really tall. Are we able to see, like, definitely Kiki needs a way out of here. This is a lot of emotion that she's uncomfortable with. They can't stay in this cave. Cool. So we need to investigate. Will you give us an investigation check, please? Oh, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Five. Oh. You see on the walls pretty much just that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wait, would it help if I lit a torch? It might. Yeah. Okay. Kiki reaches into her cockroach bag and she's got some flare. She wants to light a torch. Perfect. All right. So you light the torch and as the flames brighten the cave around you, you can see that on the wall there are these markings and you get closer and you can see that the walls are covered in artwork of some kind. They're really beautiful, actually, as you can tell. They're really beautiful. Beautiful. And they depict yeah. scenes that you don't <laughs> understand, filled with mysterious creatures. They have a dreamlike quality. Cassandra notices Kiki investigating, and normally she would have been hurt because she already invited Kiki to investigate with her, and she didn't seem to want to do that, but now she's doing it on her own. <laughs> but she's just so excited at the prospect of investigating, like something that might make her feel normal again. So she's going to investigate as well, but she's um, still collapsed on the floor, so maybe she's just going to crawl and investigate what's like on the ground and like the lower parts of the walls. I mean, there's like a but just a lot of rock and dirt, but okay. if you follow the flame that uh Kiki has lit, you'll be able to see the same exact markings that she's yes. currently looking at. Mm-hmm. Kiki gives Cassandra like a nice little pat on the head. All right, so you leave behind those really gorgeous cave drawings mm. and continue down the tunnel. Love those. Love the shape. Um, your footsteps are crunching and echoing on the rock floor below you and your your pathway is, is lit by the, the light of this torch that Kiki's, you know, so bravely holding as Cass trails behind her. And then as you walk, uh, you notice that suddenly the sound of your footsteps changes and you look down and you realize that the dirt and the rock has turned to ice and the ice is now stretching out in front of you and to all sides and you realize that you have found a frozen underwater pond (gasps) underwater pond or underground pond sorry okay (laughs) underwater pond doesn't make any sense (laughs) underwater pond (laughs) (laughs) underwater I need to say that out loud to process it. I'm glad you did. And then ahead of you on the other side of the pond, you can see that like the tunnel continues, but you're going to have to cross this frozen pond to get there. In the middle of it, there's a small island on which stands a beautiful silvery white tree. And from the tree's glistening branches hang what look like sparkling icy fruits. Fruits? Do we think they're magical? They could be. Or do we think they're evil? They could be. Is this like a Christian story? (laughs) Kiki is going to try and go find out what these, like, fruits are about. Okay. Give us an acrobatics check to see if you slip. Uh, She's really nervous because if anything happens, she doesn't think Cassandra's going to be of any help right now. (laughs) All right. I think we have some good news here, guys. I'm hoping for an ice capades moment. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Begging for 17. Okay. Ice capades. It is ice capades. What does it look like as you skate around this pond? So Kiki does sort of like her best 
you know, Tanya Harding moves. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, she's just kind of thinking about the choice of Miley Cyrus to remake Jolene. And she's just loving that collaborative energy. So you land on the island. You can look at this tree up close if you'd like. And Cass, I, I assume you're just watching all of this from the sidelines. As she lands, can she just give a little like, come on, Cassan? Come on. Cass is still like wrapped in the fur coat and she has Clarissa as well. So she's starting to feel a little bit better and a little bit safer. She watches Kiki go across the ice first. So she's like, all right, it looks like it's probably going to hold. She hasn't been attacked by the tree yet. So this seems relatively safe. So she's going to very gingerly tread, but like keep probably like like a 15 foot distance between herself and Kiki just to like let Kiki find any traps first. Could you roll a d20 please for an acrobatics check? Yes. 17. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> Such good skating skills today. You should have seen me. <laughs> what does that look like? I won yeah. several titles when I was a teenager. So as soon as Cass feels the ice under her feet again, <laughs> she, she just like starts getting like a spark of energy and like feeling a little bit like the old Cass. But she's just like going to simmer in it and just sort of like feel her feet connected to the ice and be like, mm, yeah. And as Kiki witnesses that... Her, her respect for Kassan has, has risen up to what it, to almost to what it once was. Oh, that's oh. nice. You must nice. be a beautiful skater. As you step up to that tree up close, you realize that it's even more beautiful than it looked like from the far bank. Its silvery white trunk and branches are intricately braided and every leaf is so delicate and thin that it looks like if you touched it, it would just crumble into dust. And now that you're up closer, you can see that there are these round, sparkling fruits, and deep inside of them is a shimmering silver liquid. It's thick, kind of like molasses, and it looks like something rendered in the 90s. And once you see it, it's very hard to look away. Ooh, okay, like Kiki is like mesmerized by these. She has just sort of indifferently glossed over the silver branches. And she reaches up to one of these suckers and grabs it to put in her mouth. Oh, uh, could you roll a constitution check? Oh, <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, 10. As you go to take a bite of this, you feel intense pain on your teeth right away as one of your teeth cracks in the front. Oh, I hate it. Wait, so it cracks my front oh. tooth? Mm-hmm. And what is it made out of? It seems to be the thickest ice you've ever seen. Oh it's like probably God. like five inches thick on the borders, almost like a coconut. Oh. I hate that so oh much. Oh my God, Kiki is so annoyed. This is why she sticks to ribs. <laughs> Cass has just been like ice skating a little bit, like just like getting back into her body and like feeling better about herself. And she notices that Kiki was like looking at the tree. And at this point, she's honestly, her respect for Kiki has gone up because she's she was like, well, Kiki was kind of level-headed back there and I really lost my shit. And like, she did a pretty good job giving me that gold and that beef jerky weirdly. But then Cass sees Kiki just break her front teeth off on a piece of ice that she seems to be trying to eat. So she starts to feel a little bit more like, oh, oh yeah, no, it's still the same old Kiki. Kiki, what did you just do? Very good. Okay. Did you try to eat the ice fruit? Yeah. 
<laughs> Can she not speak anymore? What happened to her? She's hurt. She's hurt. Uh, oh, sweet Kiki. Here's what I think we should do. Why don't we each take a couple of these beautiful icy fruits and just like put it in our bag and maybe it'll melt a little bit later. But I feel like this isn't the food that we're looking for and maybe we should just keep going. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Cass is like, well, the the moment of Kiki being in charge has now passed and it's 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 my game once again. So uh she's gonna gather some of the fruits from the tree and put some in her bag and put some in Kiki's bag. Okay. How many? Uh well it's we're gonna take four each. And she sees that Kiki's mouth doesn't look great, that it's like she's like in pain and it's bleeding a little bit. Just blood everywhere. And she remembers (laughs) that she had that dream where she sang that song to, you know, where (gasps) Sasha split in two and she sang one song to bad Sasha and one song to good Sasha. And that in her dream, Mm. her song made Sasha feel better. And as much as Kiki is kind of being a little bit of a pain in the ass right now, she also remembers how kind she was back in the entrance to the cave. And she does want Kiki to stop screaming that sound that sounds like a cat, you know, that sounds like a cat that's like drowning. There it is. That's the sound. She would like that to stop. So she just, she puts one hand on each of Kiki's shoulders and she goes, Kiki, Kiki. Yeah. Kiki, I love you. Oh, yeah. Kiki, you're gorgeous. Kiki, you're special. Kiki, you're great. It's very good. Kiki! And just looks deep into her eyes with like healing energy in the mouth, specifically for the (laughs) mouth region. Yeah, so as you hear Mm -hmm. that beautiful performance, Kiki, um, just know that it, it was so inspiring that it gave you an idea of how to do better next time. Maybe next time I think before I eat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As you guys are by the tree having that moment, we'll go over to the ladies that are just now waking up. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You awaken, sore and stiff from your night sleeping on the ground, and the sun is high in the sky above you, and the day is chilly and bright. Pretend this is a loot. Good morning. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Wow, your small stringed oh. instrument sounds a lot like a recorder. Brina, <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that, dear. That was really lovely. Thank you. Ladies, does anyone have any coffee beans or anything of the like? Or does everyone just have beef jerky? 
I'm assuming that my rations are just onions and carrots, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got carrots. Pause. All right. Very good. <laughs> oh, well, I suppose it is a new day to find Cece. And of course, Brena, if we find your mother in the process, that would be lovely. Wouldn't it, darling? Yes, her name is Minyana. Minyana, that's lovely. <laughs> I love that very much, darling. Dr. C hears everyone getting up and finally wiggles out. She is not a morning person and rolls up her bedroll and looks at everyone and at the loot slash recorder and is like, oh, that's what that was. I had this nightmare that... There was a recorder loot, and um, it wasn't a nightmare. It was real. She Great. means that it was lovely, darling. <laughs> she really loved it, Brina. She has a very strange way of giving compliments. I personally, Brina, I loved it. I, As a fellow sound um, uh, person, because, you know, I do sound baths, <laughs> that was literal perfection. And when we get back, um, you, should, you should join me in the sound bath. <laughs> I would love to. Sounds very intimate. Thank you. She goes up and runs and hugs Anya. Aww. It's very nice. When Brina <laughs> hugs Anya, Anya feels like extreme joy, but also like a ping of sadness that Ama, she doesn't know where she is yeah. or what's going on with her. I think that Brina notices this shift in, in Anya's face. Are you like me, Anya? Mm, in a way, I do not know where my daughter is. And I feel like... You know, maybe we have special bond because you do not know what is going on with your mom. So we should stick together and find our loved ones. Well, I'm willing to um, role play as your daughter whenever you want me to. I can I can put on a costume. I actually have some costumes. And um, if you ever need reminding of what it's like to have another daughter around, I would I would be happy to help you feel that way. Sasha watches this bizarrely tender and strange moment and clutches the beetle brooch that's close to her heart and thinks, is this a tender moment? I think that I'm beginning to tear up a bit. Oh. Anya just pulls Brina in for one more like really good hug and then it's time to pack up and move on with the day. Continue on to the mountain. Dr. C's packed up. She's been watching all of this and she's like... It's moments like these that I really miss, Cass. <laughs> this feels really intimate and not in, like, a good way. Um, all right. If we're all done hugging, should we keep going to see if we can find Cece? Yes, we have to carry on. And Sasha points in the direction and says, this way. Yep, that's the only way we can go. All right. All right. Well, with Sasha in the lead, you continue up the mountainside. And though it is still cold and the ground is still covered in snow, last night's big storm has passed. In today's cheerful daylight, it looks like it will actually be a pleasant hike to that distant summit. Wee! Let's just go. Meanwhile, you guys have been here for a while. Yeah, Kiki, feeling better now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Well, I happen to know a fantastic cosmetic dentist for when we return to Anaheim. So don't you worry about your hideous snaggle teeth. And uh, what say we get out? We get out of this little ice cave and, and continue on our way. Hmm? Sounds good. <laughs> okay. So Cass is going to lead the way out the other side of the ice 
island lake. Okay. Acrobatics check, please. Uh, eight. Perhaps your confidence was turning into cockiness because Uh-oh. as you take that first big glide onto the ice, you slip over a little bump in the ice and you fall hard. Your knees slam into the ice below you and you hear a sharp crack. Look down and you realize that the ice has begun to splinter beneath you. Oh, the crack was in the ice, not my bones. Yes. Got it. Just like Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. <laughs> why me? Why? That's why I thought it was the bones. No, no, yeah. it's the ice. Mm. I mean, the bones probably also hurt, but the, the cracks in the ice are spreading out across the surface of the frozen pond. Kiki, over to you. Kiki follows after Cass, but not before just subtly grabbing two more ice fruits just in case oh. you never know as she gets on the ice could you roll a acrobatics check please 11 Ooh. so you yeah you make your way onto this cracked ice and it's kind of shifting beneath your feet but you're able to make it part way across towards that opposite bank can i pass to sam yes you can it would just take cast another check for you to get back up and across the ice fully so one more one more d20 okay. acrobatics well, with my plus three. I can't tell if that's a good no. smile or a bad. That makes a four. <gasps> oh, shoot. Well, Cass, you you try to put yourself back to your feet and you fail miserably <laughs> and end up just sprawling so hard on the ice, just like full body plant. And as you hit the ice again, it starts to crack, crack, crack all around you. And you can feel for a second it's shaking. And then the ice just gives way. And with a terrifying lurch, you are dropped into the frigid depths ah. below the pond's surface. Oh, my God. <laughs> with with, uh, with the, the dog? Clarissa. Whatever, yeah. Clarissa. Yes, Clarissa. Clarissa. The fur globe. And the ice, and the ice globes. Like, is it weighing you down? And all my stuff and the coat. Everything. <laughs> Everything is weighing you down, and the water is so cold that even in that coat, which is now drenched, obviously, it feels like tiny needles stabbing you all over your body. And as you drift downwards, the water is clear enough that you can see in all directions, enough to see that below you, it's so deep that the bottom of the pond is nowhere in sight. And you look wildly around, trying to paw your way back to the surface. And in front of you, you can see the tangle of silvery white tree roots stretching down from below the bottom of the ice tree island into the watery depths below. And as you're watching, one of the tree roots breaks free of the group and begins to snake towards you. Girl, you better swim. Can you swim? I mean, you're weighed down by a lot of shit. So this is my question. It sounds like I've been trying to swim, but I cannot swim, or this is just the initial plunge this and I could This is the initial swim. plunge, so a few things need to happen. One, a strength check to see if you can get yourself towards the hole you fell through. Okay. And that strength check would be a 12 Ooh. or above. Oh, I got a 12. Yeah, you're making your way back to the hole that you came out of. And as you're doing so, that root comes closer and closer to you. What is your instinct? To swim away from the root. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going to like kick in its direction. But like as I'm swimming, I'm giving like extra kicks from like that thing. 
and like trying to get to the top. The roots are getting closer and closer to her feet now. I thought this tree was gonna be like magical and helpful, and now it's like a real buzzkill. Ah! So you're you're able because you rolled pretty well. You're able to kind of like swim and pop up and gasp for some air, and and Clarissa is also able to gasp for a little bit of air. So you have a breath, but this this heavy heavy coat that you're wearing is weighing you down. So it's hard to kind of get all the way back up, and you feel the root begin to tangle its way around your ankle. No! Oh no. Go, you in danger. The root is going to start to pull you. No! Pull you towards the tangle of roots below the tree. Miss Mayam! Yeah, I'm gonna lose that coat. Yeah, you are! You took off the coat, and the coat is kind of like bobbing, okay. and you are being dragged by the root to the tangle of roots that's below the tree. You're under the ice, under the frozen pond, and Miraculously, there is a pocket of air there. <gasps> so you are now inside of the roots in kind of a little air bubble, and you're able to breathe. The air is weirdly, I mean, it's earthy, but it's warm and sweet. Oh. And around you, you see these silvery white roots, and you can see that silvery liquid that's inside of those fruits. You can see it moving within the roots, and you hear... And it doesn't sound like it's coming from outside. It sounds like it's coming from in your head. You hear, Hello, friend. Oh, yo. So Cass and Clarissa are both like, (gasps) (sighs) All right. I didn't get any stunt training. This is irresponsible. (laughs) She's very angry and very cold and is like heard this voice. And so she's like, Yes, hello. Hello? And then again, you hear the voice in your head. It has been so long since I've had a visitor. Yeah, cool. (laughs) So... (laughs) What brings you to my island? Uh, you brought me to your island. I fell in the water, and then you brought me to your island. (laughs) So here I am. Did you come to make a wish? Yes, I have a wish. I have a wish. Yeah, absolutely. Got a wish. <laughs> Tell me your greatest desire. I, my wish, here's my wish. My wish is that that we will get out of this freezing cold nightmare cave and I will come out as the triumphant hero of the story and everyone will bow down and realize the greatness that is Cass and how musically talented I am. That is my wish. The tree or the roots kind of like give a little buzz around you and you can feel this energy building and the energy is pulsing through the roots and you can see that that silvery liquid is kind of like moving faster and then you feel a little burst and you're very warm all of a sudden. You feel this warmth just spreading throughout you and then once more you hear that voice in your head, it shall be done. It shall be done? Like I'm going to get out of here and be very famous? Okay, great. Let's do it. The root that is holding you, it kind of tugs you down into the cold water again Uh. and moves you gently through the frozen pond beneath the ice and pops you back up through the hole that you fell through and deposits you. On the way down, Cass is like, wait, wait, can you you also make me even younger? (laughs) So I pop back out the hole. Can I grab the fur coat that was bobbing? I think that that root grabs the fur coat and it spits out after you, but it like, it it falls right on Kiki and drenches her once again. (laughs) Here I am. I'm so glad you survived. 
<laughs> You're so glad I survived. Oh, thank you. Me too. Yes. Let's go, Kiki. I have newly awakened confidence that we can make it out of here. Kiki is like not taking anything Cassandra seriously. And she reaches down for her beef jerky, what's left of it, and it's pretty soggy. And she's like, <laughs> she continues to trek forward. Cass just like confidently marches ahead. Wonderful. So yeah, as you continue, you get off the ice. Finally, you're back on the rocky solid ground. You're both soaking wet and very cold. And you see that up ahead of you, there is one more drawing on a cave wall. Ew. Oh. My God. <laughs> oh, so Cass is going to look at this drawing and she's like, oh my God, that's the tree and that's me. Yes. And she puts her hood up so that it matches the drawing and she's like, it's happening and like strides forward. Beautiful. Um, and as you continue, awesome. the tunnel is it's wide and open um, and it begins to slope upwards and you can feel... From the distance, a fresh breeze. And there's clearly still a ways to go, but you must be approaching the surface. Meanwhile, you guys are getting closer and closer to the summit as well. What are you guys talking about on your way up there? Sasha, you never told us. How did you end up here? I've told you actually quite a few times. <laughs> I've told you quite a few times now, actually. Thank you very much for listening, Dr. C. Dr. C was like, I was just trying to make small talk, but Jesus, okay. Didn't expect that attitude and just keeps walking. Sasha looks at Anya and says, I swear she doesn't listen to me. She doesn't listen to me at all. Huh? Oh, my God. All right. Uh, how are you doing, Brina? Are you very tiny little legs, darling? How are you doing? I'm exhausted, but my mind is so happy. Mind is more important than body, you know? Your mind can get ahead of your body and help it in moments of need. So I That am... is adorable that you think that's true. <laughs> my legs are very cold, and I think my second-to-last toe on the right-hand side is maybe having some permafrost issues. Darling! Oh, should we stop and use Tinderbox to warm your little toesies up? <gasps> yes. Can we warm Brina's little feetsies? Brina starts crying. She is so touched oh. by Anya's concern for her <laughs> feetsies because that's the word that her mother used to say about her feet. Okay, well, I'm the one that said feetsies, so let's all calm down here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> says, that would be actually great. Anya pulls out her Tinderbox and busily starts making a, a tiny fire for Brina's feetsies and toesies. As you guys are warming up, Cass and Kiki are just emerging. Yes, you have been walking through that tunnel and you are not drenched anymore, but you're still kind of damp. And then in front of you, you see this natural light and you realize that you have finally found the exit of this long cave and you make your way through that exit and you find yourself at the top of the mountain at last. And the bright sun is beaming down on you. It's warming your tired, wet bodies. And you stagger forward out of the cave onto a flat plateau at the top of this mountain. To your left, there's a pile of very large rocks. One end of them is stretching out into a long, low, almost bench-like section, which looks like a really cozy spot to sit and, you know, warm yourself in the sun. I also want to give a shout out to the little rock in the background that kind of has a pouty face. Yeah. Totally. It's super cute. It looks cute. like one of those fish. I was just going to say it has a little hand, Aww. a little hand and a little horn. It's very adorable. Oh, the, the bench? Oh, I see it. The yeah. little bench right here? Above that, it like, looks oh, like I a guy. It. It's so cute. <laughs> 
Oh, I do. And then over off to the other side is a forested area. You can see those those brown tree trunks. Directly in front of you is actually, that is the tower that matches the description that the mayor of Gnome Valley had given to Cass. And the tower is looming over you, reaching far up into the bright, clear sky. And as you as you look up at it, and the wind is whipping your hair back from your faces, uh, you see that at the very top, there is a long antenna that seems to be bent dramatically to one side. <gasps> so Cass has never been more sure of herself in her life. <laughs> she just came out of another near-death experience. She was already told by the mayor that she was very important and doing a very important godlike journey to the mountaintop. <laughs> she then got sucked under the ice into the tree where the tree told her that she was great and gave her granted her a wish. <laughs> And then immediately she saw cave art of herself on the wall with the tree and then came out and it's like daytime and everything's fine. So she's like, it's happening. She looks up at the tower and she sees the antenna and she's like, I can do that. And she just runs over and starts to climb the tower to go straighten out that antenna. Fantastic. Great. Oh my God. Yeah, so she starts running over there and she's going to do a series of strength checks. It's going to take three different strength checks. You need to roll above a 10 each time. Okay, here we go. <laughs> my first roll is a 10. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you, get, you make it onto that first level there out of the three levels. And Kiki, you're watching this happen. Is she though? <laughs> is she watching it? <laughs> wow. Whoa, who knows? Yeah, second check, Cass. <laughs> 12. You make it onto that second level. Oh. The antenna is almost and there. Third one. Wow. Oh, 11. Wow. Wow. That's very impressive. I mean, you like just squeaked by almost every time, but you yes, made it. it. Uh, yeah. So you climb up that tower like a champ and you are at the top and you are right up there with that bent antenna. And it is, yeah, it's clearly like off to one side, um, but it looks like you might be able to do something about that if you decide to try. Yeah, I'm going to bend it back. Doing. Oh, damn, girl. And as you're doing it, that's when Dr. Christina, who's first, comes up on the scene. <gasps> and she sees Cass up there. And she goes, Cass? And starts waving. Oh, just a second. Cass! <laughs> yeah, just one second. I'm doing something. Uh, can you give us a strength check for bending that antenna back into place? Yes. 17. This is, what a moment you are having. This is happening. This is fantastic. Chasan mm. is thriving. Yeah, you are. That's you what are, I'm saying. You're standing up there, you're balanced, and like you have your hand on the antenna, and with like such grace and class, you just give it a snap, and you uh. feel it lock right into place, oh. and it is as straight as an arrow, and the wind is blowing your hair and your clothes back, and the sun is behind you. It is a hero shot to end all hero shots, honestly. I did it. Oh, good. They're alive. <laughs> Dr. C runs back down the hill to uh, the feetsy warmer and goes, I see Cass. Cass is on top of a tower. <laughs> she looks great. Oh, that's wonderful news. I suppose that we should go meet them then, shouldn't we? Yes. You guys don't have to if you don't want to. No, it's the right thing to do. No, we must be together to find Cece. We should we should do it. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> you all trudge behind Dr. Christina and are there to see Cass on top of the tower once again. <laughs> In all of her glory with the wind you know, whipping her hair. I hate to say this, 
But Cass looks really fucking cool right now. Really good. <laughs> it's true. Is that an angel? Kiki is looking at Cass just being reminded of JLo's Super Bowl performance. Mm. Is that the trash person? <laughs> yes, it is. <clears throat> Brina. We don't don't say these things out loud, darling. We keep that deep inside. We keep these things inside. But I do have to say, Tyra would be proud because found her light, darling. Found her light. I am only hoping she does not jump off of there like Lady Gaga did in her Super Bowl performance. Cassandra, darling! Are you coming down? We're here, darling! Cass! Cass! Cass sort of, like, snaps out of her, like, moment of glory and realizes that the person that had been yelling at her was Christina, and now she's hearing Sasha's voice, and she turns around and looks down and sees them all down there. She's conflicted because she's gone through so many changes without them. She feels like a different woman now. She doesn't know if she can return to the same group that she was once with and what that means. Cassandra, you're not saying anything. What are you doing? Are you stuck like kitty cat at top of towers? Do you need help, darling? Are you embarrassed because you didn't take the trash where you were supposed to? Shut the fuck up, Brina. Dr. Cece's Kiki. Kiki, oh my God, we missed you. Where have you been, girl? And her way too. Oh, <laughs> darling. Oh, yes, your teeth oh, look super Yeah, fun. there's a lot of <laughs> yeah, blood on you. That's bad. That's right in the front, darling. What happened? Did Cass attack you? <gasps> Did she? Did she hit you right <gasps> in the face? That sounds just like her. Tell us all about it, darling. Don't leave anything out. Before she gets down here. As you guys are looking at Kiki's mouth, behind her, where that bench is, it starts to move. <gasps> it is a that big pile of rocks <laughs> begins to move. And oh. yeah, that, that bench-like section, that rocks in that area begin to slide and unfurl and open into what looks like a hand. And it isn't a bench at all. It's an arm. Kiki, I need for you to come away from there, darling. Come towards us. Come here. Meanwhile, Kiki is in the background being like, I'm with my hair back and forth. Whip your hair this way, darling. Whip it this way, darling. As Kiki's whipping her hair and ignoring your your pleas for her to come to safety, the arm appears to be attached to something large that unfurls itself and lumbers to its feet. And it is a massive stone giant. Return to Oz. Is staring menacingly down at all of you with a massive wooden club clutched in one hand. Where did he get this club? Oh, How tall is he compared to the tower that Cass is at the top of? He's 18 feet, probably around the same size. The tower might be a little taller yeah. than Is him. it my okay. turn? Can I talk to him? Um, we roll for initiative. Oh, now. I thought he was going to be a friendly rock friend. Uh, anyone roll 15 to 20? That bitch got a 20. Okay. 19. I got 16. 18. I got a six. <laughs> and what did the stone giant roll? Stone giant rolled a 19. Uh, so he'll go stone right giant. before Anya because it was a natural 19. Damn. High rolls today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Sasha's turn first. I would like to know, is the stone creature an intelligent creature? He is like kind of average. But what's interesting if you look at him is he doesn't look totally in it. Like, he looks a little out of it. Yeah, he looks a bit out of it. All right, um, so I would like to cast Sasha's hideous laughter on him, which 
uh, creature of my choice will perceive everything as hilariously funny and fall into fits of laughter. Um, That's a spell you have? <laughs> it uh, Yes, it is. Now, at, at the end of each of its turn, the target can make a wisdom saving throw. It has to be 13 or above. On a success, the spell ends. So it should roll a wisdom saving throw. All right, go. Oh, shoot. The stone giant just rolled a natural 20, so it does not think you're funny. I am very funny. I'm Ricky Gervais. (laughs) He kind of looks like towards you, but not really at you in confusion to where that sound came from. And he goes, and it's it's clear this is a language that you do not speak. Oh, it's a language barrier then. Yeah. Terribly sorry. <laughs> Moving to that stone giant's turn. Well, Brina's next, actually. Oh, Brina's. Brina's. Brina yes. is really excited. A big smile comes across her face and she looks at the group and she leans in and she says, This has to be a rock god. I have been praying to these guys my whole I'm just going to show it that I love it and that I care. And she turns to the rock god and goes, And bows deeply, her knees on the ground and just honoring the rock god. That's what I'm, that's my turn. Well, I hope that works. Uh, the stone giant turns to look at Brina and he, he watches this and he kind of gives a little nod as though he, he he recognizes what's happening, but he's still super out of it and he seems confused by like all of these other creatures around him and he leans down and picks up a, a small boulder and he kind of gives it a toss in the direction of the group. Oh, all right. Was he trying to hit us or was it more of a, like, (laughs) come play with me? (laughs) Are we playing catch? Well, he, so he has this rock and he's not like throwing it to like aim at your heads or anything, but he's definitely throwing it at you. So we're going to have to roll, I guess, and see. um, A dexterity saving throw for not Kiki, because I feel like he throws it above her head, but all four of you right here. Shit. Not the only thing to go over Kiki's head. 12, 17. Oh, 22. Hey. Oh, shit. Awesome. Brina? Oh, no. Oh, oh God. Oh. Is it going to squish little Brina? Oh, no. Dexterity. It was a one, so now it's a three. Oh. So, yeah, unfortunately, because you were bowing, you didn't get quite out of the way in time, and it does land right on your foot, like on your on your kneeling foot. Oh. Okay, better foot than head. Oh. This is a lesson. Never meet your idols, <laughs> you know? Especially your rock idols. Um. Could you roll one d4 of damage? I rolled a one in, on the on the damage. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, that's not bad. It glances off your boot and like it hurts, but it doesn't crush your foot or anything. Ooh, so it was yeah. a close one. Okay, maybe yeah. it's not a rock god. Yeah, Anya. 
how does the rock god react to hitting Brina? May I ask? He seems like really confused and like his face is all screwed up and he's kind of stomping his feet. He seems very agitated, but like also still kind of out of it. Well, is he upset with himself? Agitated, even though we haven't done anything? Is he upsetting himself? Like a toddler waking up from a nap. <laughs> Ew. I don't want to be the first one to attack this thing if he's just a confused idiot. I mean, he threw a rock at us. <laughs> all right. I guess, uh, I mean, I guess I'm going to try some. Do it, Nicole. Some Do fucking it. guiding bolt shit and try and hit this. this Rock with some lightning and see what happens. Yes. Roll the hit, please. Okay, here we go. You got this. Plus five. So that's a 20. A plus five. Oh, Whoa. Nice. Ooh. All right. Great. Here we go. Yeah, that, that definitely hits. <laughs> okay, so it deals four D6 of damage. Oh, yeah. One plus six is seven. Plus four is 11. Oh. Plus five is 16. As your guiding bolts shoot out, it's a very successful hit. He even drops the second boulder he had picked up bigger than the, the first one. Ah. There was a second boulder? Yeah. Oy. I mean, there's boulders everywhere. Cass, could you roll up? It's your turn. And as you're up there, before you do your action, I would just like a perception check. Oh, yeah, you're still on the tower. Yeah, I am. Or actually, sorry, an intuition. 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 Great. Intuition. That is... 11. 11. Yeah, so you're up there, and because you have such a wonderful, like, bird's eye almost view of what's going on, and you're pretty close to his face just by, you know, height proximity, it's it's kind of hard to tell because of how primitive the art was in the cave. Mm. This might be the subject. Mm. So, anyway, it's your turn. Anyway, <laughs> so, up on the tower, I am going to throw some intrusive thoughts. at this here rock god. Okay, so uh, the stone giant's going to make a wisdom saving throw to see if he can survive this. Let's see. Oh, the stone giant has a 14. So it hurts, but he's not going anywhere. Um, But you can see that in his head, something terrible is happening. And he lifts his hands to his ears and just kind of like lets out a horrible groan and shakes his head and holds his ears. So do I have to roll for damage? Yes. So that is a three. And a six is nine, and a three is 12, so six total. I do feel like as a reaction to this pain, whereas the stone giant maybe didn't have a direct target before, he does now as he turns. Oh, shit. And makes a step towards you. Kiki. Is there any way to find out if this big rock guy is like for sure evil? You just see him starting to stomp his way towards Cass. Right next to you. Yeah. Like, maybe I just want to, like, jump on that big guy and, and try to... Ride him? <laughs> Very ride. good. <laughs> try you to always ride love jumping on them. I feel like I really want to get on this sucker. Okay. So it would be an athletics check. Now, remember, you have a 1d6 inspiration die that you can add to this check. From that song I sung you. <laughs> From that song. It's still affecting mm, you to do better. Yeah. Oh, my God. That makes sense. Okay. So I definitely am going to try to, like, rationally talk this guy down. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I'd like to jump on this guy and rationally find out, rationally communicate with him. Let's just do the athletics check first. So roll a d20 and add a three. Okay. So that was a seven. And then add a d6. So roll now a d6, and you can add that to this die. 
If you get over a 10, you're able to jump on the back of his ankle. Ah, it's a three. That's 10. That's 10. <laughs> it's 10. So you just managed to jump and you're holding him kind of like this. So now I don't know how calming that is. Moving to Dr. C. Dr. C is looking around and she's clocked that the stone giant is looking at Cass. And she sees that Brina has been injured-ish. Everyone's scattered. And so she decides to cast a fog cloud. So I say, fog, everybody, try running for the trees. Cass, climb down. Can we see in the fog? Are we able to see? No, that's why I said before I cast it, run towards the forest. (laughs) Oh, all right. (laughs) And keep in mind, too, that like it is pretty windy up here. So the fog might not last too long. Very good. Right. And back to Sasha. Good. So I'm going to also take this moment to direct my poison spray at the rock's facial region and I extend my hand towards the creature's face and a puff of noxious gas comes from my palm and the creature has to give me a constitution saving throw or else he's going to get d12 the damage. Okay. Okay. Oh. He unfortunately has really good constitution. Sorry, guys. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Not unfortunately for him. Not unfortunately for him. So he rolled a 13, and with his modifier, it's an 18. So Very good. In that case, I'm going to take off running. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm in my <laughs> Brina, it's your turn. He's getting a little even closer to Cass now. He's lifting that club. Yeah. Brina is confused and angry. She was has been praying to something that doesn't even care, apparently. And so she is like, you're not going to mess with my friends or the garbage person. <laughs> and she runs up behind the stone giant and just try to, with her rapier, try to attack this creature that is trying to hurt her friends. Could you roll a d20 and add a plus two to see if you hit? I rolled a six. Yeah, so you get up straight up to his ankle. You're aiming for that that Achilles. (laughs) And once again, you just miss somehow. Maybe because it's because you're so new to to combat. Mm -hmm. But in the process of missing, you trip and you do hit his ankle. You are a Trojan prince after all. Congratulations. And with that, it is the stone giant's turn. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit. Okay. The stone giant now has Kiki on one ankle, just holding on, (laughs) right? And Mm -hmm. Brina just, like, smacked pretty hard into the other ankle. Slapped it. Owie. That's for hitting my foot. (laughs) And he's still dealing with the intense pain of the song that Cass was whispering in his head, and he's still very agitated. And from his viewpoint, this has been a terrible way to wake up from a nap. So... He is going to turn to the one who hit him last, which is Brina, and he's going to, in kind of a a, a foggy cloud of anger, swing at her with his club. Does he hit her? Well, let's see. (sighs) 13 or above, he just hits her. (gasps) He hits her? Yeah. Like... The little bouffant on her head, or how much? He hits her with his club. <gasps> he hits Brina with his club? Little Brina? Oh, no! 
He arcs down with his club and he comes so close to missing her, you guys. <laughs> but he hits her with the edge of his club and you can all hear it. It is a horrible, sickening thud. And the force of his blow sends her small body flying into the air. And she's like soaring backwards in a graceful arc. And she is in the air for what feels like a really, really long time. It's long enough for all of you to stop and see. And the, the fog has dissipated in the wind, so you can see her, like, flowing through the fog. The stone giant lets out a horrible howl and, like, shakes Kiki off oh, great. and throws her to the ground and vanishes back into the rocks, all while Brina is still in the air. And then with a horrible, horrible, horrible crack, you hear Brina hit that pile of boulders and slide down to the ground. There is no chance of her surviving this, you guys, because one of his hits is 19, and then she hit the boulders as well. She's killed on impact. Doesn't she have a chance to be revived or whatever? Unfortunately, no. Um, there's an instant death rule in D&D that's linked to your HP, and Brina's max HP is 7, so any damage that would take her to negative 7 kills her instantly. There's no way to do a death-saving roll. Dr. C came very close to dying in this way last time, but she didn't. We were very lucky. Brina is not so lucky. Oh my god, Brina just died in front of all of us? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would go check on her if I were you. Sasha runs over to Brina and holds her tiny little hand and looks into her face and says, Brina, Brina, darling, look at me. Look at me, darling. Sasha. Brina. You're so beautiful and cool. But I have one piece of advice for you. What is it, darling? Stop stealing things. If I die, you have to disperse my items among the group. You can't just take all of them. Brina, I want you to know your mother would be very proud of you. Dr. C runs over with the healing potion. He goes, you can drink this. We We can heal you. I'm a doctor. No, save it for yourselves. I have potions in my bag, too. You should just take them. And Dr. C, you're super lucky. Remember that. And then she turns to... Anya and says, Anya, I love you. And I hope that if you ever see my family again, you can just tell Toto to keep stirring and Tozu to keep eating the carrots and Jessica and Elizabeth just pinch them. They'll know what it means. I will pinch them all. Brina, we are here for you. You're not alone. We love you. I love you too, and it's okay because I was happy in my life. I got to be happy when I was with you. And I know how to find happiness now. There's a secret to it. It's... Sasha takes a moment and remembers the lyrics from the song that was in the tiny music box that Brina loved so much. And Sasha places her hand on her tiny head and says, You were enough, Brina. Breathe now. And pets her tiny head. (sighs) Brina's eyes drift closed. And you all huddle around her small, crumpled body with its large tuft of hair. She looks so peaceful laying there. You could almost pretend that she's simply asleep. But she's not. 
she's dead. And then from behind you, you hear a loud, clear, familiar voice yell out, Cut! And with that... What? <laughs> night, night, Brina. Brina! 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 Thank you, Dasha. Dasha! That's a wrap on Brina. We your death. This is so great right it's now. It's been an honor. It's been an honor and a privilege. The honor is ours. What the fuck? Thanks for listening to Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons. Want more RHO D&D? Head on over to patreon.com slash housewives of D&D for exclusive bonus content like full-length video versions of our episodes, our bi-weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, Here's What Happened, access to our RHO D&D Discord mansion, monthly live events, ad-free episodes, and so much more. Patreon.com slash housewives of D&D. Follow us across social media at Housewives of D&D and send us your thoughts at housewivesofdnd at gmail.com. Our DMs are Valen Shore and Allison Zada, and our players are Riley Rose Critchlow, Elizabeth Ho, Liz Jenkins, Kosha Patel, and Nicole Wyland, with special guest stars Dasha Kittredge and Misha Reeves. Original music by Valen Shore and sound design by W. Alex Reeves. RHO D&D is a joint production of Hags Media and Pacey's Creek and is not affiliated with Bravo or Wizards of the Coast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.